Hello and welcome to the North Richmond Community Health Podcast. This is where we directly engage our local community and local health experts together to discuss any topic that's on our minds. My name's Mia and I'll be your host. Today, this episode is about the HRAH team, and this is an acronym for High Risk Accommodation Response Team. So who are they, I hear ask? Well, for anyone who's living in public housing, you know them as the team who have been helping to prevent, prepare for, and respond early to the COVID-19 infections within the area. So they've been there to provide care packages to residents, deep clean properties, provide access to COVID testing, and that's just a start. Now, every public housing area has a hurrah, but the North Richmond hurrah is distinct in that the team are made up of individuals from Richmond Public Housing. And later in the podcast, we will discuss how this has helped connect the community during the pandemic and helped to ultimately achieve one of the highest vaccination rates in Victoria. So this episode is for the residents of North Richmond Community Housing, so we can get to know more about the people that you see working on the front line. And this episode will also be for people who don't live in public housing, perhaps you You've heard news segments about outbreaks in public housing within Victoria and you might be wondering how the system works and how they've helped to keep the community safe. So this is also our very first podcast, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. Let's get into it. Uh, my name's Wayne. Um, I've lived on this state for 14 years now. Uh, my job here, first of all, is the health support officer, but now I also have two jobs, uh, community liaison, and, uh, and that uh, involves engaging with the community and, um, and just uh, getting to know them and getting to gain their trust and, yeah. My name is Laura O'Shea. Um, I've worked on the Richmond Housing Estate for about 10 years and I'm a um, resident in the city of Yarra and I am the senior project coordinator for the high risk accommodation response, which is a fancy sort of word for, you know, our COVID response on the estate and manage about a team of about 20 people who are all awesome. Yeah, hi, hello, my name is Martha Mwimping. I work with uh, North Richmond Community Health Centre and in her team as community liaison. Um, I work with community to uh, engage them in activities and um, um, and uh, look after them in terms of uh, COVID and um, because of uh, this high risk, it's a uh, it's it's a high risk and therefore we are there to you know help them look after themselves. Um, I enjoy um, getting out there and uh, meeting more people and uh, and showing the, our concerns that we're here to help you and, and things like that. And also seeing them um, outside of work and getting the, the thank yous so, so much for helping us. I love that every day is different. Every day is really challenging. Um, we have to be really agile as a team and the teamwork factor for me is just incredible to observe such an incredible team that are so diverse and they speak over 15 languages and we all come together with a common a common you know goal and that is to support this local community and that's you know you walk away from a day at work and you think that was that was amazing i learned more lessons about people humans myself the hurrah team are all 
tenants from the towers. How has this experience been for you? Yes, uh, having to work in a, a place where, where it's full of diversity, people comes in with different thoughts and uh, personalities. And for me to work and adjust into making it possible that I am um, understandable in terms of um, like uh, other peoples and trying to work hard and making sure that even when I'm working, I make someone de- day by just, you know, checking on them if they are okay. These guys coming onto our team, they've created, they've created themselves as leaders in this community and uh, we know we've got some amazing existing community leaders that work and, you know, live and advocate for the Richmond Housing Estate, which is really essential and we still connect with them every day and every week. But we have now created, you know, uh, almost 20 leaders within our team and I think that that has been the absolute success story. I say it all the time. You know, there is no way we would have achieved what we've achieved and it's been pretty significant, I think, what we've achieved in managing huge outbreaks on the estate and really having exceptionally high vaccination rates. We know some of our towers are, or most of our towers now are 100% first dose vaccinated. And that is no small undertaking. And I think it's fair to say that uh, we've got a lot of um, passion in this team and a lot of exhausted people that probably at some point will need a little bit of a break, a bit of a holiday. But we know that that's contributing to managing these current outbreaks and keeping them you know, much more contained than they were last year. We're not seeing the spread that we were seeing. Or people who know Wayne already might have met him in the supermarket before. People who work with me were ladies that know me down under the school. They might be schooling together with me. So we tap into it and then sort of bringing them along, say, you know, there is something going on. Do you want to be part of it? Have you been vaccinated? Are you okay? Is kids okay? So and that, I think that's what builds the trust between us and the community and that's what works for us. I think being working where the estate is, is a big advantage. But I also think that we've done things pretty creatively and given our team a lot of autonomy, you know, so uh, to sort of come up with the ideas. I think we've got a deeply empowered team who come to work and say, oh, my God, I was thinking last night, I think that we can solve this problem by doing this. And we just then listen, they design it. When there was an outbreak over in one of the flats in Collingwood that um, we all sort of worked collectively and went over there to help them out. And uh, so that was really, like, rewarding to actually be, like, noticed that we do good work and for us to be sent over there to help those guys too. That was really good that time. The partnerships is everything, you know. This has not just been a North Richmond response. Uh, it's been a collective. You know, our partners at Belgium Avenue Neighbourhood House have been absolutely instrumental in our engagement with the community, you know, why why reinvent the wheel? Why duplicate effort? Um, they're absolute sort of experts in that community engagement model. And also our partners at City Viara have also been extraordinary. Are there any um, concerns uh, for the tenants in the community and how do you help them feel at ease? I do know that once somebody is it's positive, you get put away and... 14 days but here with ARA we we find way to connect with people even though they are um, 
positive they have positive case just to co continue calling them uh, calling them on the phone to reassure that you know you are okay every morning uh, the nurses come uh, we have nurses team and then we have community mm -hmm. like me liaison and nurses check on them and then if there is something need to be delivered then we wear our PPE and deliver it and I did I did you know going into extent in delivering a cake for a birthday yes, how could I not mention this? We had someone who had a birthday in a lockdown, and we were able to reach there and tell them happy birthday and drop a cake at the door. The other challenge we've had, though, is, you know, we had the outbreaks of 2020 and we had about 52 positive cases. But then we got that down to zero, and so we became more of a social program, which was really great. And we have a series of events every day. So we do Tai Chi, we do Zumba, um, Mahjong, um, line dancing, you know, we, we join with Barn to do Belgium Avenue to do the Twilight Markets, all these amazing sort of celebratory events for this local community and to celebrate their resilience. But we've had to pivot again, constantly pivoting. We've pivoted back to being this more acute clinical program to support the risks that we're seeing with the Delta outbreak. And that poses immense challenges, but it's also, you know, we know that we can lift to that and respond to that. Is there a particular person or um, colleague in the community who makes your day a little brighter? Uncle T. Oh, yes. <laughs> we forget him, yes. The, oh, water, the watermelon man. Gosh. We call him yeah. a watermelon man. He's, he's a... <laughs> That person is, is, is it's, he's grateful. He is he, he's amazing. He's very amazing. He's, you know, when you see people like him, you see humanity. You see people and you see, you check on their heart. They have got heart to serve. They, I see what a mellow man, he's not serving, he's not doing what all this because he's working and getting paid. He's, he comes and just do it because he's passionate about it. Me, Martha, I'm passionate about helping. And I'm passionate about helping women. And is it because it's something related to my story? Yes, it is. It could be. But the passion is the one that takes person to do things beyond their point of work. And I, I do appreciate what um, he, on, on that day, we were so hot. It was hot weather. And he dropped in a cold watermelon and it made our day. It's, it's amazing. That's how he got his name. He's an elderly Chinese man that lives on this state. And uh, he, that's how we met him. He brought us cold watermelon, thanking us on the hard work we've been doing. And ever since that, he's been engaging with us and we've been giving him flyers and he's been helping like promote um, being vaccinated by putting out flyers to, to some people that maybe we haven't touched yet. So, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. So. He's also started updating the daily case numbers. So he paced them. So he just walked. We just had our amazing morning huddle before and he walked past through the daily case numbers. What he does is that he has a bag that he has all the things in it, like everything he needed. He has tapes in it, scissors in it. He comes, he has all his work in it. So he has a bag he carry. And every time he has for posters, he goes and he doesn't even have to ask for posters. He will not say, all right, give me posters. He will cut it and post it all over the house. Yeah, he probably prints them up himself. He's probably got yeah. his own photocopy. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's an absolute shine, shine light, I'd say, for the whole team. And, and that's not to uh, miss other people in community because there are so many people in this community that bring us so much joy.
If you're out and about, you might run into Hatice. Hatice is a board member of NRCH. She's also a qualified electrician and a volunteer for numerous community groups. I was uh, finished at school. I've got a certificate yeah. for electrician. But when I came in Australia, I haven't got enough English. I can't do it. And I have to be support my family to working on Church Street, uh, the Melbourne Clinic. 18 years I worked there, psychiatric hospital over there, 130 Church Street. And uh, I've got an injury in my shoulder and then resign and then I'm the pension there and look after the people, helping to the people, working out, training, training, training. Is there anything you want to say to the community now that we're out of lockdown? Um, okay, everyone can think about the, still we're having a virus around and if it's possible, take the time to going out most yeah. and don't visit that day. Another yeah. couple of weeks, take your time yeah. and then going to visit one person to one person or something like that, not going into the crowded. They can enjoy themselves, but take your time to mm. be patient. Hi, my name is Semi Imam. I live um, in Richmond. I've been living in Richmond for the last four years. I work for North Richmond Community Health in the Hera office. Um, so my role is helping support officers. So pretty much we just go out to the community and support with whatever they need. You know, it could be a housing problem. It could be. Um, you know, they need hand sanitizers, masks, uh, it could be they need information about vaccinations, um, so yeah. I mean, uh, so far we've got pretty good um, numbers um, of people getting jabbed, um, which is good, and we still need to work on the rest. Um, it's not easy, but we, we, we get in there, um, and... Um, it's pretty exciting that everybody is realizing that, oh yeah, like, get jabbed, there's, there's more chances that you're not, um, you're not gonna get sick. Um, I was one of the people that was positive uh, before I got my vaccination, um, which I regretted uh, because, you know, it didn't just only affect me, but it actually affected my, my whole family. Um, and uh, I wasn't vaccinated at that time, and um, I had to wait for six months to get my first jab after I came um, after I came out of hotel quarantine. So yeah, um, it's just passing passing it from me to them. So yeah, yeah. it started with me and just passing it to my parents. And you know, the whole time I'm just thinking like, you know, if if I just at least stay at home, this wouldn't happen, you know? Um, if we can just get a doctor or, you know, um, an experienced person to come and talk to young people um, and explain, like, you know, this is serious and that they need to get their jab, um, which what I've been doing so far, um, 
and it's been successful so far. So yeah. Yeah. I could, I could, I could go as as a, as a Harrah person and be like, hey, like you need to get jabbed, you know, this is the information, blah blah blah. They might not take it, but but then if someone from the community goes and like explains the situation and everything, there's a better chance of that person taking it. Mm. Get jabbed. Uh, stay safe. Uh, protect yourself, your family, your friends, and the community. Yeah. <laughs>
to be in those statistics. And that's exactly example I gave some of them last week. I said, look, I can take an example of ABC that has happened and people that are most affected and end up in hospital are people that are not vaccinated. And if you stay unvaccinated until this time, this could be implication. Just, I'm just letting you aware. That's another conversation that I can come through. And it's, it feels, it, it's actually sound very tough for a person to actually say that, but we have to for, for, their, for their safety. It's not easy. So, I mean, somebody might, wouldn't like someone to die just because they're scared of a needle. So, as Laura said, we'll give them, you know, we could, like, walk you over to the clinic and give you support, emotional support, and they'll be there with you when you get your needle. So, so I mean, that would be... I mean, I just would hate to think that someone died just because they didn't, you know, like needles. So, you yeah. know, so we're there to support them and we can, like, walk you over and give you encouragement and we're there for you as a friend. And if they prefer to do it through the GP clinic, they can do a one-on-one -on -one appointment with the GP... Just, you know, there's no judgment here. We just want you to be safe. And I think that's what's, what's good to have. We live on the estate too, so they sort of like, you know, they they trust us and they believe in us. And, you know, there are a lot of people that live on the estate. They come from uh, countries that were unsettled and, they, you know, and uh, like, you know, dictators and things like that. And, yeah. and they don't trust the government, you know. And if the government was like knocking on their door, these weird people in jackets saying, you need to get your needle, you know. So when they see us and, and you know, familiar faces, they know that we live on the estate, they know we our children live on the estate too and they, they trust us. So that's, uh, I think, a really, really big thing. And to tap on to what Laura said, actually, because that, that point makes me actually feel what I felt when those two ladies called me on, on Tuesday uh, about wanting their kids vaccinated, their teenagers vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling so happy and I'm like, wow. So that was the turning point, Martha. Yeah, that was you the know? turning point. Yeah. That was the turning point because I was, I'm, I looked at it, I'm like, wow. So why does it have to take somebody getting sick before they realise that they need to be vaccinated? So those results that came p p positive were the results of people who were not vaccinated. They've seen how tough it is. And now even mothers are enforcing by themselves. They are talking to their, convincing their teenagers to be vaccinated. How they do it is something that I need to question later. And I want to ask them how they do it because <laughs> I want to tell other mothers, I want to tell other totally. mothers the same module they use to get the, their two teenagers vaccinated yesterday on Wednesday within the buildings here. Yeah. How vaccinated is our community in the towers? Most towers have 100% vaccinated first dose. Second dose data is obviously still increasing, but somewhere between, you know, 70 and 95% for second dose, but we're waiting on the figures for this week. A little bit of work to do with some of our um, low-rise um, walk-up towers, mm -hmm. which we'll continue to support. Um, but it's safe to say... Yeah, I mean, we're, you've got we're killing it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've got 100% first dose, I mean, I just can't see any reason why they wouldn't be getting the second dose. Yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, 100% first dose, that's just like, incredible. Amazing. That is incredible. And, and as a worker, I feel so good to hear that, that uh, all our work and all that time and effort has been good, to good use. I mean, we, like, door knocked, like, every single door in this, in this estate how many I mean, times, Wayne? Oh, more than <laughs> twice. More. Yeah, more. <laughs> more than once. Uh, literally, like literally every door. So 
every tower's got 20 to 22 levels. 200 and then there's, yeah, 10 on each level. And uh, it's safe to say that some community members might be thoroughly sick of the hurrah team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you again. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's been in, re- in reach phone calls during last year. You know, we tested the whole, whole community last year. So thousands upon thousands of tests. Like right now we have, we find out that the only people who are not vaccinated uh, like typically like they have some health issues underlying or they're skeptic about it or and then we're trying to find a way where we can reach those people and uh, plan how to don't knock one on one and speak to them this uh, this afternoon I'm gonna knock some doors as well I'm gonna go to some doors one on one to just have a second conversation of course they get sick of us knocking the doors but we got to have to do what we got to have but to do not, to look after the they're community. They don't say go away. Yeah, they and don't say they're not rudely saying you know, go away. But yeah, you could you could you could see in their face. Yeah, it might take ten times. You know, it might take twenty times. You know, these these are just our final. And you know, we do it with no judgment. There is yeah. no judgment about that. That you know, go back to that human at the centre to understand why someone makes a certain decision about their health, their well-being, their safety from COVID. You have to really understand their journey to get to that point. And I, I think that's that's critical and I think we do that collectively as a team. Is there a fun fact about you that you want um, the community to know? Um, I, I used to be a ballet dancer. That's uh, quite... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> so you can just imagine me in tights. So. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, that is the best. We're lucky we're on radio, not on television, so. <laughs> but, yeah, so I used to do ballet. Yeah, it was, uh, I was in the Victorian College of the Arts and, uh, yeah, a lot of people I knew made it and ended up in the Australian Ballet. Yeah. Well, I know, it might not be too late to get you back into some time. I'm never too late for that. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I can match that, really. I, I hope people already know my passion for this community. I, I, I think that that's, I really hope that everyone understands this is not just a job for me. It's genuinely, I, I'm, a hum, I'm a human lover. <laughs> I love humans. Um, but I suppose when I'm not working or trying to have some downtime, I'm learning guitar. I have a dream of being, you know, in a rock and roll band and, you know, I'm not, not too shy of having an audience, as you probably all well know about me now. I'm a big undercover uh, religious. I'm a Christian. On my day off or daytime, I pray a lot. I take time to pray. I take time to have encounter with Jesus. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know, but it's something that actually um, makes me feel delight and it makes me feel like adding some, add something, add hope into my life. Um, that, you know, at least there is some universe has not just appeared. There was something that created it. And if there is something that is beyond uh, creation that create this beautiful place that we're living in, then it deserves to be, you know, praised and, you know, worshipped. That's, that's all about me. Another thing, I'm a very loving mom. I love my kids so much. And that's why I want to learn how to ride a bike so I can ride with my boys. I've got four I'm, boys. I want to teach Martha, but it's just my bike's a bit too tall. So I was saying to Martha, you've got to get a bike and then I'm going to teach you to ride around the housing estate. 
I'm a single mom of four kids. I'm sorry to say that in, in a in a It's podcast. amazing. And um She's so strong. I can only connect with my boys through a bike. I just want to have that ride. I can't wait to just have that long ride with them, you know, you know, leading them. And uh, that's my part. That's I'm waiting for it now. <laughs> yeah, it will happen. <laughs> What's something you want the wider Victorian community to know about you and your work? Uh, don't be scared to come onto the estate. We're all friendly people. Um, yeah, so there's lots of people that um, come onto the estate uh, to get COVID tested because we have a COVID testing tent here. And it's good to see the other faces here coming onto the estate because um, I, I believe that there's stigmas with uh, officer housing and government housing and especially the high-rise buildings that, like, oh, it's scary, like, don't go there. But please come, if you need to get tested, come and get tested. We're very friendly, open arms. Totally, Wayne. I, I think that's so true. There's a lot of fear in what people don't know and don't understand and don't try to understand and... You know, um, well, I think that's um, a problem right around the globe with totally. uh, with uh, government housing. It doesn't matter if you're in England or New York or Australia. I think it's um, that stigma will always be there, but we're not always. Hopefully, we can break that. And you know, I, I think it. You know, it was also that public housing was um, so with Yarra's. You know, lower vaccination rates. We're, we know it's been sort of in the media a bit, and we're trying to address that and through our partnership with Yarra as well. And it was presumed by many, or it was easy to blame the culturally diverse communities and those that live on the public housing estates. And I had absolute joy in debunking that myth, you know, to say, actually, no, I'm sorry, this is not about our public housing estate residents and this is not about our culturally diverse communities. And so maybe you need to sort of look a little closer to home about, you know, and I sort of say, you know, our message to community all along around vaccination has been if you don't want to do it for you, you know, that's one thing, but do it for your community. I would love to tell other people outside there, don't get scared, come to um, to Richmond and to Hara specifically if you really want to be vaccinated or if you have questions that need to be answered, questions that need to be unpacked, that you have in your mind about vaccination that you're not aware of, we are here to welcome you with our arm opened to make you make sure that you have answered questions answered and that you, are, you make a decision on the right path. Because as Laura said, you are making the decision not upon you, but for your family and others. So some people are waiting on their second dose or they have just decided that they would like to get the vaccine. What would you have to tell them? Yeah, so we've got uh, walking clinics on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and also doing an evening clinic. Uh, I think the clinic's from 4 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. I think we've got hot potatoes. Hot potatoes. Yeah. Or hot potatoes, yeah. yeah. We can't guarantee the wiggles are going to be there. But <laughs> yes, yes. We can guarantee you'll be safe when you have your uh, vaccination. They yeah. might. Nothing is possible. They might one day. Maybe. maybe yes, maybe, maybe. we could. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, you can book those through Hot Docs. So if you actually just Google Hot Docs North Richmond Community Health, you can jump on and book an appointment. Um, you can also call us at the centre or come and see us at the white tents. So we've got two big white tents on the estate. We've got information, testing. We've got a beautiful um, Aboriginal art mural on the side, yep. and uh, which we commissioned during last year. And now that restrictions are easing again what's next for North Richmond Community Health? 
Well, we're going to get our old programs up and running again, like our Zumba and our Tai Chi, and we're going to get the Twilight Market happening. That was a really success story. Um, the Twilight Market was a market that started up a few months ago, and um, the residents can come down and uh, have a store if they want. And uh, yeah, and uh, so it was engagement with the community to. We had um, blow-up castles for the kids to play on and donuts and free popcorn and all that sort of stuff. And we had a, a, a really successful talent quest, I believe. Yeah, that was... Wayne. <laughs> Which Wayne I... was the head. Mr. Talent Show himself. Yeah. Did a wonderful job. And, yeah, that was good. And the, the kids won prizes and stuff and got everyone together. And uh, so we're looking to doing that again once the the borders open and we're all out of uh, isolation and getting back to having some fun. So um, we did have a host of women's vaccine clinic last week, uh, or this week actually, and we are hosting a youth hub vaccine clinic on Friday the 5th of November and that's over at the Yarra Youth Hub on the Richmond Housing Estate and there'll be uh, Nando's, music, slushies, gelato mazina vouchers for kids to come and get vaccinated. So, I mean, if I wasn't living on the estate and after hearing all this stuff, I'd want to live on the estate. Yeah. What do you need to say? Oh, my God. Like, what a joy. Yeah. <laughs> what a joy. Yeah. so much for joining us today. I hope that you've learned as much as I did about the Hurrah team and our community members. I really want to give a special shout out and a thank you to our guests, Wayne, Martha, Laura, Hatis and Samir. Thank you for your warmth and generosity in doing the invaluable work that you do and for sharing your experiences with us. Tune in next time, we're going to dive into Richmond Youth Hub. We're going to talk to some young people about the vaccine and also speak with a health professional to answer any questions that young people have about the vaccine. Until then, be kind to yourself, embrace who you are because there will never be another person like you and you're important. See you next time.